The other day, Rep. Cohen said, quote, the National Guard is 90-some-odd percent male, and only about 20% of white males voted for Biden. There are probably not more than 25% of the people that are protecting us that voted for Biden. Well, you know, Rep. Cohen, who else was nervous around our troops? Al-Qaeda. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ruthless. Democrats are set to take control of the U.S. Senate, House, and the White House. This will go down as one of the most progressive administrations in American history. God willing, everything is on the table. You now can pass things without a filibuster threat. That's right. Oh, you'll regret this, and you may regret it a lot sooner than you think. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday episode. We're, we we got a banger plan today. We, we do. We have to start with the obvious, which is your heroism and your, Truly. your current location in the confines of a very well-military guarded District of Columbia. I mean, to say the least. So um, uh, I have a place, folks, about, uh, you know, very near the White House here in D.C., and uh, not just in the green zone, I'm in, I'm in the red zone, which is like <laughs> a very serious, secure location. Like, uh, you know, for blocks around me, there is fencing and National Guard. They've got concrete barriers uh, have you left, in the roads. Have you, have you left your apartment? Once, briefly. I mean, it's horrifying out there. Let me tell you, folks. So, so like when you walk out, I mean, I assume everybody's like, where's your ID? I mean- that's the thing is so you know we got a notice in my building they they slid under a door they said you know you should be prepared to present id to any of the national guardsmen you'll see patrolling our streets uh included as a letter certifying that you are a resident of this building present it if asked it's like the letter's like to whom it may concern so and so lives at this building please do not shoot on site it's it's something like there are there are military checkpoints folks so there are actual military checkpoints to get in and out of you know, the so-called red zone. But, you know, for our audience who know a lot about you, Smug, but perhaps not your <laughs> uh, sort of lifestyle choices, the act of being cornered in your actual domicile is not the problematic part here. The problem is uh, nobody can bring you anything. That's it. I mean, this is one thing that they clearly didn't consider is <laughs> you're essentially cut off from civilization. Like, Drizzly, Which again, Drizzly you're fine. Can't... You're fine as long as somebody's bringing you bourbon and steaks, right? Well, I mean, that's the thing. Is like, you know, what happens to folks when they need their essentials? <laughs> smug, like, smug is entirely reliant on Foldy and the gig economy. Pretty much. And I'm a job creator, folks. Like, who's gonna bring? Who's gonna bring people their Whole Foods? Who's gonna bring people their bourbon? <laughs> who's gonna Who's gonna bring people their Amazon deliveries? The answer is right now, no one in the red zone. No one. <laughs> Like I, I can't get my Amazon deliveries. I can't get my Whole Foods groceries delivered. I can't get bourbon delivered. Did like, you prepare? thank God I stockpiled? Yeah, I stockpiled. I knew I knew they were gonna go like ham when the, when 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 there are reports that like twenty five thousand troops are there are twenty five thousand troops in this city. So and are you? So you're you're not like reliant on rail bourbon at this point? No, no. I mean, I I had to stockpile the good stuff because I mean, essentially it's a famine in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's it's a literal famine you know these conditions i'm like i'm being dead serious it's, it's horrific for folks who are stuck here it's really truly on the front lines it is it's insane like i took a walk out you know outside the other day 
you can't get an you can't get a uh, an Uber for I, I'm serious like at least ten blocks from my place you can't get an Uber all the roads are shut down. We will never know the kind of heroism that comfortably smug is displayed in our moment. You know, that's one thing I wish this upon none of you. I never want anyone to have to suffer through this kind of situation. It's crazy. No fresh, there's not a single fresh cut flower anywhere in the area. No, no, no. I can't get those Whole Foods tulips. No, sir. <laughs> no trucks getting through here. <laughs> well, I know the hardship. Uh, I, I, I'm, you know, virtually certain that you will survive. Um, but we'll I'm have praying to keep and, an and you know, it's, it's the prayers of the minions that keep me going and they're appreciated in this time of, you know, dire, dire time. I think that's right. Well, you know, clearly the, the backdrop to all of this is the inaugural and the extra security that has happened. Mm-hmm. And we want to get into all of that, that, but what, what do we have here? Smug? Let's see. We, Oh, I, I know what we really need to get into is, um, the cabinet that, that, uh, incoming president-elect Joe Biden is putting together uh, a very suspicious group of folks, to say the least. Yeah, well, the, most of them work together in the same sort of makeshift, make-work mm-hmm. uh, organization that they stood up for each other to, to have foreign clients and the like. Yep. And we went through some of that in a few episodes back with the Secretary of State nominee and, and all that. But there are also other people that we didn't cover um, that we want to get to, one of whom has a hearing today. Alejandro Mayorkas uh, was nominated to run the Department of Homeland Security. And the reason I wanted to highlight him, frankly, is because he's likely to be ushered in. You know, I mean, this guy's getting a hearing with the backdrop of the inaugural, <laughs> right? They've got uh, impeachment discussion. There is a, a basically militarized Washington, D.C. Nobody is focusing on this guy at all. But when things go wrong, you will remember this episode because Mm -hmm. this is a guy who served during the Obama administration and had an inspector general report uh, in his in his tenure there that showed that he, he had high favoritism and provided special access to politically powerful Democrats including Hillary Clinton's brother. Now, why is this why is this important? You're like, oh, yeah, that's just the way Democrats work. Well, in his capacity, and this is from the New York Post, right? In his capacity as head of the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, according to an Obama-era 2015 report from the Office of Inspector General, Mayorkas intervened to help expedite visa requests for wealthy investors. Okay, so this isn't just sort of about like hooking up capital tours, right? This guy is actually giving citizenship preferences to people, and I don't know if you remember this this uh, scandal at all, but it, it engulfed the then Virginia governor, Terry McAuliffe, who is running again mm-hmm. for governor of, of Virginia, because he had some sort of financial ties to a lot of this, as did Harry Reid and Ed Rendell and Hillary Clinton's brother. <laughs> it, I mean, it was just a mess of Democratic stuff. But here, this nominee who nobody's talking about, because if you have to lean on the mainstream press for this, You'll never hear it. It was at the center of it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is, you know, that we, right now the journals are only writing stories like, hey, guys, here's, a, you know, the Joe Biden Kamala Harris playlist. You're not going to get this. You're not going to get hard hitting facts from anyone except from Ruthless. That's right. All right. So, so keep an eye on this Mayorkas guy. 
particularly around the immigration issue, because, you know, Biden also rolled out this plan. He wants to do a full immigration haul, which mm -hmm. I, I can't think of anything else that would unite the Republican Party faster than Democrats having a liberal vision for immigration reform. But this guy's going to be at the center of all that. And he won't get it anywhere but ruthless. So keep an eye on it. But there are yeah. a couple other things that we wanted to highlight. Real quick I'm on that immigration thing. So I'm trying to find which outlet reports. There's video um, where they're interviewing uh, folks in, in, in this Honduran caravan. And they say, you hear this multiple times. They're like, yes, we're headed to America because Joe Biden promised in the first hundred days, you know, he would throw all of Trump's regulations and let us in. That was his campaign promise. So can't be true. Can't be true, Smug. I was told by the mainstream media numerous times that mm -hmm. the caravans were invented by Donald Trump and the yeah. Republicans yeah, exactly. to scare, to scare people ahead of the election. Those That's caravans something. aren't real. Yeah. <laughs> must have seen must have been seeing ghosts. It's it's really funny. It's something else. Who wait you got till, next? Yeah, wait until they, they show up at the border and they get the the equivalent of a turnstile. Yeah. Yeah. You That's know? the Biden plan. So one of the things that we've unearthed that we haven't been able to independently confirm, but it is a suspicion, uh, and we've heard from very good sources that there has been movement at the start State Department mm -hmm. like this. But, but Biden's nominee, Tony Blinken, is one part of this. Uh, you know he's, he's likely to be confirmed with a Democratic Senate, and he'll, he'll be over there. What you probably didn't know is that Three doors down from him in the State Department over in Foggy Bottom, they look to be preparing an office for John Kerry. That's right. Now that's John Kerry at the State Department. When his job is what? He's like Secretary of Hippie Nonsense, right? Yeah, climate. he was like climate something or other. I but didn't even know that was a job. I mean, like Secretary of Climate. Okay. So again, we haven't independently confirmed this, but we have it on really good authority that they are preparing an office for him. I, and you will see if the guy shows up or not, but that's significant for so many reasons. This guy is the, is the author of the Iran deal, mm -hmm. right? Which, which ultimately shipped pallets of American taxpayer dollars over to Iran so they could attack us and our allies in Iraq and Israel and Hezbollah throughout the, the Middle East. That guy's going to be back at the State Department. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the worst. I mean, that's the thing is, who do you think is going to be running that place? Some guy, Tony Blinken, the like supposed secretary of state or, or John Kerry? You know, and, and there's already reports that uh, Biden's people are talking to Iran, letting them know, hey, folks, you know, we want to get back to the Iran deal. I was told that was like a Logan Act violation, right? Right, right. If there's anyone who's like violated the Logan Act, it's got to be John Kerry, right? Yeah. <laughs> this guy's got like a special red phone, you know, to, to, to Tehran, right? <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, the, the, the Ayatollah only picks up for John Kerry. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to be said about John Kerry. Didn't he throw his medals away? Like, oh, you know, God. Google John Kerry Swift boat people. There's a lot of material there. There's a lot of material there. But, but you know, I can see his fingerprints on a number of different things. There was an, also a story out yesterday that, that Biden is going to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline, mm. which, as you recall, is not a particularly controversial thing. It's a pipeline that runs from Canada down to Texas. It allows oil refineries to do in a more safe manner than trucking or training mm -hmm. uh, th this tar sands to refineries, right? 
And like being as though we haven't snapped our fingers and, and ran the economy on air yet, uh, we require gas, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we require oil and fuel. And, and what happened was the Obama administration blocked this. And if you remember, it was, it was exclusively because of donor pressure, right? Yep. They, had, they had these big pocketed left-wing environmental activists that can't that unilaterally canceled this thing. So Trump gets into office, he undoes that. They start making more progress on all of it. it it's almost put together, right? It's almost ready for full operation. And now Biden's going to cancel the damn thing again. You know, it's really interesting. There's something to be said about an administration whose like focus from day one is trying to cripple America's energy independence and get friendlier with countries in the Middle East that hate us. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, what's also funny is is Canada of all places, the place that the libs always say is better than America. They love, mm-hmm. they love this pipeline. In fact, they're very upset that Biden, Biden might cancel it. Canada loves it. Unions love it. Yeah. I mean, anybody who likes the price of gasoline where it is should love it. Uh, it's just, it's so, it's so unbelievably dumb because it's not like it stops refinery of oil, right? It doesn't. All it means is that you have to take it in a less safe manner. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta spend gas taking it up in trucks instead right. of using the pipeline. I mean, this is the thing. It's like neoliberal thinking is completely this. It's they're you know they're wealthy and disconnected enough from people to not care that it's job creator and in the long run it's actually better than like sending trucks to do it. They just on the surface want to appear like they care. I, that, that's it. It's all it's all an episode of the West Wing, as we've said. It really is from that's the very beginning. It. Right. And it's the most backwards way. Energy, it really comes to the fore how backwards they ultimately are because they make these just pronouncements, these declarations about emissions and, and all the like. Meanwhile, there are like tens of thousands of people who make a good living off of all of this, and you have done nothing to replace the source of energy. Right. Yeah. So like, like we continue to fuel our cars and heat our homes and do all this stuff with the hard work that these people are doing that you've made so much more difficult and placed our environment, frankly, in, in more jeopardy because you don't outline a plan that makes any damn sense. You know, and speaking of the West Wing, I think, you know, it has to be said there, there's a, a huge problem for Dems and Libs in general is they thought the West Wing is a drama when the West Wing is a comedy, folks. You're supposed <laughs> to be laughing at these harebrained people. And they're like, oh, wow, this is a blueprint. We should emulate these crazies. <laughs> they really are. I know, Duncan, I know your favorite development in the, the new Biden administration is who they've selected as a DNC chair. Oh. <laughs> no, it's great. It's great. Uh, so Jamie Harrison, um, you may recall, ran against Lindsey Graham in South Carolina for for United States Senate, you know, raised north of what was like 100, 120. Didn't he break the record? The most amount? I think so. He he broke the record. Uh, Well, he's Biden's new pick for DNC chair, um, which is just great considering he knows how to spend money so poorly. That's what I say. You know, this is this is a good development. I support this pick. Hopefully that the Dems can follow his lead and and you know, raise all that money to just lose. You well, know? what I really love about point. it, what I really love about it is, is, is the, <laughs> the juxtaposition between what, what Jamie Harrison gets out of running against Lindsey Graham and what Amy McGrath got for running against Mitch McConnell. And, and <laughs> this is, where did they put her? What, what, what the, did she get? Oh, this is just so great. So, uh, Phil Bailey, um, 
you know, a, a, a reporter for USA Today, um, you know, covers a lot of the Kentucky stuff, uh, tweeted out that a Kentucky source tells me Amy McGrath has been approached about a job with the transition team as a USDA rep. Fuck <laughs> you. Really? That's what they gave her? Owned completely, completely. Wow. For those of you, so for those of you who who like the acronyms and you don't you don't quite know what we're talking about is a staff position at the Department of Agriculture that is based in Kentucky that basically just picks up the phone. I mean, it's like, it, it, like I guarantee you, the current rep for Kentucky uh, at USDA is like twenty four. <laughs> it's just. Look, I, I'm sure it's a fine job, but 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 for the most hyped Senate candidate in Democratic political history, it uh, seems like a step down. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine what the recruiting versus reality was in that? It's like, Man. Amy, listen, you know, Chuck Schumer's probably laying it on really thick. Like, Amy, 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 here's the deal, right? <laughs> We're going to win the White House. This is going to be a tough campaign for you. I think you can win. She lost by 20, by the way. I think you can win. But even if you don't, we're going to have a new administration. Oh, this yeah. is my, my Chuck Schumer. A new administration. We're going to have an awful lot of jobs. of it. Veterans Affairs, Amy. Yep. You can imagine Veterans Affairs. You'd make a very good face for veterans. Not, not cabinet, not undersecretary, not, not even chief of staff of one of these departments. Rep, rep. If She's gonna be going to trade shows. If you're in the basement sorting mail at old exec. You got a better gig than this. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> you hate to see it. You hate to see it. Couldn't happen to a better gal. <laughs> oh man. All right. So what do we have next on the docket? All right. So this is a very, very important. So you know what we. We've gotten into this a little bit on the on the pod, but the media is obsessed with misinformation, ultimately the post-election drama, the discussion of fraud that ultimately didn't pan out, the my pillow guy and all that shit. And and basically what it boils down to is is having the memory and and the current application of misinformation to everything that Democrats have said and done over four years. And, and it's hard because you're arguing a little bit of apples and oranges, and we've gone round and round over the last week about how hypocritical Democrats are. But here, a gift is provided for Ruthless to dissect <laughs> in, in a most perfect possible effing way. Hillary Clinton on her podcast hosting none other than Nancy Pelosi. Let me play some audio. Historically, we will find out who he's beholden to, who pulls his strings. Uh, I would love to see his phone records to see whether he was talking to Putin the day that uh, the insurgents uh, invaded our capital. But we now know that not just him, but his enablers, his accomplices, his cult members have the same disregard for democracy. Do you think we need a, a 9-11 type commission to investigate and report everything that they can pull together and explain what happened? I do. Uh, let me, again, uh, to your point of who is he beholden to, I, as I've said over and over, as I said to him in that picture with my blue suit, right? as I was leaving, what I was saying to him as I was pointing rudely at him, 
with you, Mr. President, all roads lead to Putin. I don't know what Putin has on him politically, financially, or personally. But what happened last week was a gift to Putin because Putin right. wants to undermine democracy in our country and throughout the world. I mean, these wow. psychopaths. I, and that's... <sighs> This is the original. She's still not recovered from it, man. She is like that much in denial. She cannot accept that the American people despise and loathe her. She's, I think, she, like, you know, it's H and on. Hillary believes this. It's H and on. It's all Putin. All roads lead to Putin. Uh, Putin, Putin was on the phone with Trump uh, directing these people to storm the Capitol. How insane do you have to be to believe this? I, I also love how they've memory hold the Mueller investigation. Like we didn't do this yeah, for yeah, two and yeah. a half years. Yeah. <laughs> and there needs to, to be an investigation to determine ties. Well, actually it was done. And you people had your like, it's Mueller time t-shirts on until you found out. Actually, there weren't any, there weren't any ties. I, I just, I can't get over. There's just the level of insanity. it it they she genuinely in her heart believes that vladimir putin elected donald trump despite zero evidence to the contrary three years 40 million dollars the best investigators that washington had to offer all of that doesn't matter she believes it right but now now it's not enough that she still believes it despite like reality she does a podcast that says putin is likely responsible for the uprising at the Capitol? Yeah, I mean, it's really something. It's okay for H&On to push the theory that 2016's election was stolen and rigged, huh? I mean, she is alleging that the president of the United States was on the phone with Vladimir Putin and, and somehow directing an insurrection on the Capitol. Like, <laughs> I mean, I have been, I don't think there's anybody that's been more vocally critical of what happened at the Capitol on January 6th. And I have, I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it more than anything. But like you listen to Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton there discussing to assume that they're, they're talking to their base, their base Democrat, discussing the reality that Russia is involved in all of this. I think, Michael, you made the point last in last week's episode, there's nothing nothing that Democrats can bring up that they disagree with that isn't the fault of Russia. That's right. That's right. You know, I mean, there's just (laughs) Hillary Clinton will never accept the fact that she lost in 2016 uh, to Donald Trump. And we spent years um, with the American media as basically a therapy session for Hillary Clinton and her hurt feelings. That's exactly right. And and yet nobody is willing to equate at this point what they're what they've done for the last four years with misinformation that you hear out of the my pillow guy. Right. Now I think it's I think what Mike Lindell, and just for those of you who haven't followed this, the my pillow guy showed up over the weekend and because he brought some stuff to the White House that was clinically insane and and basically, I mean, so detached from from reality that it's it's alarming. But but he's the my pillow guy. I mean, this, he makes great pillows. Like <laughs> we, I, I have to take the time to point that out. This and the Giza dream sheets from only a specific region. I mean, they're they're, they're Giza dream sheets. They're, they're they're fantastic. But his alternate reality ultimately is deployed in the making of of linens, right? Yeah, I mean, he does it very well. She, 
this is the speaker of the house. <laughs> this is the speaker of the house. <laughs> no, here, here, here's, here's the thing. We, we've all been on like lockdown for 10 months and I don't know about you guys, but like this prolonged internet exposure has totally rotted my brain uh, <laughs> to the point, <laughs> to the point where like l- last week I have to admit, I spread some fake news of my own. And oh, yeah. I got calls about this. Let's no, hear it. <laughs> Let's hear it. So, so the, the Steve Holzer who had, who tweeted that he was Bo Erickson's news director at CBS wasn't his actual boss. According to New York Post, Holzer was a news director who had worked at CBS in the past, but not currently, that currently he's a journalism instructor at UCLA. Basically, this guy was like LARPing, like he was like play acting like he was Bo's boss to get retweets from other people in the media industry. Ah, And so like we've seen this a number of times um, on Twitter where like people create fake news for, vi- you know, for viral retweets. Um, <laughs> one, one example from a couple of days ago, I don't know if you guys saw this one, but this is one of my favorites, was this fake CNN uh, correction. Did you guys see this? The yes. Tetris Doritos? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so to, to fill in the, the audience here, somebody had tweeted out um, a fake CNN correction basically it said correction a previous version of this story misstated that senator ted cruz was seen wearing a pin featuring a QAnon symbol it was later discovered that this was not a QAnon pin but a dorito snack chip stuck to his suit (laughs) kind of funny (laughs) it is really funny it is really funny but like here's the thing just just to sort of put a nice bow on this whole section of the pod is like we are all collectively losing our minds we are and so like everyone, myself included, let's all like take a beat, like an extra second to think before we RT. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it made worse by people like Hillary Clinton who are broadcasting it live. Like here, what a perfect contrast, right? Here on Ruthless, we're actually giving, carving out a segment to tell you we were wrong, mm-hmm. right? We were wrong. That was, we shouldn't have put that out there. But like um, we don't get paid for this. And like, this is something we do for fun. Like as like just, <laughs> a thing we do we're not like the former secretary of state and i mean that is that is so horrific you point that out this is a former secretary of state folks like she was meeting with world leaders and now she just thinks there's this like grand scheme against her of like putin and donald trump and oh my god they'll ganged up against me and speaking of schemes against me there's another while we're on the subject there's another thing i would like to oh you're the victim now up here i'm a victim you're the victim now this is unbelievable we have to spend a full (laughs) segment apologizing for this guy's behavior now he's the victim. (laughs) no 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 um you know listeners of the podcast may may recall that uh a few episodes ago uh there was an intro segment done um where we uh basically had a a a a heartfelt moment for all of Donald Trump's (laughs) Twitter reply guys. The reply guys. We did. And, 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 and Holmes, Holmes, Holmes and Smug and I got on here and they're like, Hey guys, you know, Duncan, you you can sing a little, you know, like lay lay down a few, a few bars, uh, arms of the angel. um, And, you know, we'll layer it in with some instrumental and we'll play it in behind us. That's not what happened. That is not what happened. (laughs) They put me out there no music and just put me out there for 30 Botched. seconds. It was our, it was, it was our show's producer, moderate Jeff. 
completely moderate bot. Jeff. I'm still mad about that. We're going to throw moderate, moderate Jeff, Jeff under the bus. <laughs> moderate Jeff is the one that didn't carry on this. I didn't, you know, I will say I appreciated the final product. <laughs> I mean, it was still great, but it could have been really something. Well, so I, I think we have an opportunity to do another one here. And and Holmes, you want to take the lead on this? Because I think you've got a little little insight on it. Well, listen, I think we should surprise people because we're, you know, we're, we're not just a podcast. We're a variety show now. Yeah, truly. We're a truly. variety show. So we're going to do a little singing and dancing. I'll put my yep. heart in it. You know what? I'll, you know, I'll use this. We'll, we'll, we'll keep that under wraps and I'll use this to say, uh, stay tuned. We might have some interesting content coming very soon. Uh, yeah. Maybe yeah. even before the Thursday episode, just we'll see if we can make it work. Yeah. You got to keep your eyes open, but, but either way, we're going to give, uh, our good friend Duncan with Duncan an opportunity <laughs> to redeem himself and his vocal <laughs> stylings for the ruthless audience. I just didn't know it was going to be laid bare like that. I thought, you know, it'd be layered in underneath some vocals. And would it make you feel better if you hum a couple more bars of no. uh, Arms I'm, of an Angel? I'm I am saving that content for for the next. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that's a, that's that's the perfect way to wrap this one. Uh, great episode, gentlemen. Um, so until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Thursday, if not sooner. Stay ruthless.